Hey there, it's Kim Doyle, and welcome to my show, where digital marketing meets real stories, experiences, and strategies. You'll get a behind-the-scenes look at what's working and not working in my business, as well as other experts who show up and share their stories. As much as I love talking about tangible marketing principles and tactics, we'll dig a little deeper with mindset and explore what's required to create a business you love on your terms that also supports your life. I want to help you understand the why behind the how. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just dipping your toes in, remember, marketing is a journey and the goal is to enjoy it. My desire is to guide you on your journey and remind you that no matter what life throws at you, you've got this. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. Oh, I am recording in very chilly, chilly, (laughs) chilly Northern California today. We got snow yesterday. Um no thanks. I'm done. I'm gonna go ahead and pass on that. Okay, okay, enough of the weather. Well, I can't promise you that, but we're gonna go ahead and try and rein it in. Um, I have had some massive epiphanies and per usual, I will probably go off script a few times today. Um, But it's, it's, I cannot be the only one that thinks, wait, wait, okay, we're already you know, first week and a half into February and how is this year going so quickly? And it's been a blur and it's been busy, but it's been good. And I'm telling you, this, this is the desire for ease in my life, guys. All right. Today, we're going to talk about simplifying your business to increase sales. Now, this has come from some big epiphanies, like I said, that I've had these moments and sort of realizations and I might go so far as to call them awakenings. Okay. But there's these things that have shown up. And this is what I love. I know when I'm in alignment and, you know, w- when I talk about alignment, I don't mean just the work I'm doing, but when I'm taking care of myself, I'm getting rest, I'm not uh, consuming things, i.e. content, really, um, whether it's, um, you know, online content, new, whatever type of content, TV shows, whatever. I don't watch it, news or anything, but I just mean, um, anything that can take me off my own, um, my own, I don't know, you know, my own path that, that I, where I have, I, I just have very definitive expectations for how I want to feel. And I get it guys, life is up and down. You know, I don't think that I'm not going to have down moments or challenging times or whatever, but the one thing I can control is how I feel and how I respond. So I'm very particular about what comes into my space, my mind, my thoughts, right? And when I'm out of alignment, I'm way uh, less conscious about the stuff I consume. We won't talk about the donut that I decided, donuts, plural, I decided I needed today. Not the healthiest choice, but you know, once in a blue moon, it's okay to treat ourselves, right? All right, but let's get on track. Let's get on track. So uh, we're like I said, we're going to talk about simplifying your business to increase sales. And it might sound, that might sound counterintuitive, but I promise you it's far from it. And it, it's so funny. I remember when uh, Jody Hirsch and I had the Content Creators Planner, and I don't even remember what I said, but it was something to the effect of slowing down, testing it, watching, you know, just trust. I, I, it was something along those lines. And she, Jody goes, um, wait, 
Did I just hear Kim Doyle say that? Because guys, I'm I'm I tend to be ready, fire, aim. Like I just go. Like and I pull the trigger and I test and whatnot. But something is something has definitely shifted in me the last few years. And the, I I do believe this is midlife and this is where we start heading. But if someone had told me even five years ago that I really wanted to simplify my business, I'm pretty sure I would have disagreed with them. And I was reminded of this though last week as I was working on my new site. So it's not at it's it's the kimdoyle.com site, but I have a new theme and I'm doing it on a staging site and I'm using Cadence WP which holy moly you guys. If you're a WordPress user, by far my most favorite builder. Um I really like using Gutenberg, which is the default WordPress editor, but Cadence, oh my God, besides the fact that it looks beautiful, it's so um, it's so much more intuitive to me than a lot of the other builders out there. Um, and they've actually released AI with it also, where, holy moly, just go to CadenceWP or go to KimDoyle.com forward slash CadenceWP, that is an affiliate link, um, and watch their AI video. It is amazing that you can do a little input, put your colors in, what is your business about, generate AI, and it builds out this 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 set of assets that you can go, okay, that's my homepage, that's the about page, that's it. And then it just, it's wild. And then they've got blocks on stuff. Anyways, didn't mean to go sideways. I really do love Cadence. Uh, but because it's been a long time since I've done a new theme, I had really forgotten about the domino effect that happens when you start touching things, i.e. your website, right? Um, and this, of course, is when you touch one thing, which we all know the domino effect. But Next thing you know, you've got this ripple effect going on and multiple dominoes start falling that have to be dealt with. So here's what I mean. So I started working on the homepage of my site and there are two areas that highlight what I do and and how people can work with me. The problem with these is that since, and I've already changed this, I only need one of those areas, but um, the problem with these areas this this section, right? It's a section that there's like three main things. Then of course you need the supporting page that they link to because it's a little bit of a highlight. It's a blurb and then it's a learn more button or read more, whatever. I forget what I have on there. Um, and so it's like, oh, okay, well now I got to go create those pages. And then you do the links and then you go back to the next place and it's like, oh, I got to finish this copy. And, you know, so everything on the homepage that has the learn more needed that additional page. And I know I'm stating the obvious and you know, I didn't do a sitemap for this beforehand, which now I'm kind of backing up. <laughs> and because I'm gonna, I'm going to pull the trigger on it next week with sort of minimum viable, not every page needs to be live and published that is coming. I'm and I also realized that there's a lot of pages I need to delete in the back end. Anyway. Um, so, you know, that probably would have made this a lot smoother. But the other thing, you guys, I've really learned to trust the process. And had I not just jumped in and said, I want to do this, I want to use this. And at the time, when I started with Cadence, I thought, I'll just do a new version of what is on the site. No, 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 that is, it's totally, um, it's totally changed. And that doesn't mean that like, now you guys, I didn't go from, I don't know, teaching e-commerce to now all of a sudden, I am um, focusing on SEO courses or something, you know, it's, it's all under the same umbrella, content, email, newsletters, that type of stuff. But there's been a lot of clarity. Um, and so the fact that, that, that things have changed and evolved, and I didn't have a sitemap, eh, not really that big of a deal. Um, but it wasn't until I was listening to a podcast, 
um, a few days before recording this, and this is after I'd spent, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, but it was the weekend prior, I had spent working on the site and a lot of the copy and the pages. And um, it was like, I had this massive epiphany that girl, you are making this way more complicated than it has to be. And so the podcast that I was listening to is an episode on the Get Paid podcast that is by Claire Pelletro. <coughs> Her website is clairepels.com. Or just go to your podcast player of choice and look up the Get Paid podcast. Oh, I left the humidifier on. Bear with me as I drink water and have a heater on and all that good stuff. Um, but she was Claire. Claire is known for Facebook ads. That's her um, deal. She's got a Facebook ads course. Um, she's got a couple other things, but they're pretty. She's just got a couple signature courses. Um, I've talked about my dear friend uh, Maritza Para, who um, went through and has had incredible success with Facebook ads in her business and. She's been on the podcast too. Anyways, so she was interviewing a woman I hadn't heard of. Her name is Kirsten Roldan. And Kirsten, K-I-R-S-T-E-N, Roldan is R-O-L-D-A-N. And by the way, I did uh, link to that. Um, Love this woman. God bless her. But the font on her website is ridiculously tiny. And this is not just because Kim's eyes are old. I don't know what it is. I don't know who's doing this. Minimum 16 point guys. And I'm not even a designer, but come on. Anyway, sir, first of all, I love discovering new people. I mean, does anybody else go down a rabbit hole when you hear a podcast interview and you're like, oh, the topic sounds good and you hadn't heard the guest before? And then you hear the guest and you're like, oh my God, this is somebody new. Because if you're, depending on your your space, and I'm sure each niche has this, right? And all I can speak to is the creator space, the digital marketing, eh, kind of internet marketing. I don't know that I'm super immersed, immeshed, one of those words, um, in that anymore. But every niche or market has, you know, their quote unquote gurus and names or whatever. And so when I step outside of those circles, it's such a great reminder to me that there are so many people on the planet that you can do business with, that you can get to know. There's so much more than your little circle and bubble, right? And I think of the names that have been known in this space, which I don't even follow anymore. And it has nothing to do with some of them, you know, great on my nerves, but doesn't mean they're not good people doing great work. But, you know, just some people resonate and some people don't. Anyway, I love discovering new people. And I would love to have her on the podcast. So first of all, like I said, I love discovering new people, but I love this woman. You ready for this, you guys? She did $350,000 her first year in business. Now, and her story was great. When you listen to her story, like she was trying everything. What was her job job? She had a job and then she's like, and then I was I was cleaning houses and then I was doing this. And she was always trying to figure out kind of a side hustle that would lead to a better quality of life. Oh, she was in healthcare. Was she, what did she do? I want to say like x-ray tech or something anyways. But so she, she just knew there was something else she was supposed to do. And so here, first of all, here's the two things that I love most about her. One is she wants people to find peace in their business and stop complicating things. And she talks about having a business that brings you peace. And I love that. Yeah, you know, I shared that I had written an article on Medium. If you're not following me, go to medium.com. And it was what 
most Gen X women really want, which was ease. And that's resonated with a lot of people, probably my most engaged post I've written on there, and I haven't done a ton of promotion with it. But um, anyways, so that resonated on a very deep level. Now, that's the first thing. The other thing that I loved about her is that her she she primarily teaches she does that finding the peace. Her angle in finding peace is through email marketing and business systems. You guys, she had me an email, obviously. When she got started, she started with service service work and um she had it was was it a coach? I think she had hired a coach who said, You're really good at this stuff. Why don't you just start offering that. She became an online business manager, OBM, and things just kind of kept going from there. Um, But when I went to her website to check things out, besides the tiny font, (laughs) she only had three offers, you guys. She has an agency, which would be the first offer, and then two primary offers. You guys, that's it. One was million-dollar email, and one is million-dollar CEO. That is it. Talk about simple, right? Which made me think about my site and my offers. I do coaching and I have courses. Easy enough, right? Well, I'm not so sure because all the courses that I'll be listing are already created. I have one that I want to do later this year, and that's on how to create a course with AI. And you guys know me. Like I'm not I I, I want people to I want to teach people to fish, not just give them a fish, right? And so for me, that's what AI is. You're you're learning you're amplifying a skill set you already have and it's 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 helping you get where you want to get a little quicker but also it's learning the skills to use AI correctly anyways neither here nor there all the courses that are on the site like i said they're already created and they're relative to everything i do email content newsletters and then marketing with ai um and i'm only selling things that are recent ish like the oldest thing I have on the site is the list explosion course, which that's a really good course. It's it's how to create how to how to grow your list using a free course. And man, you guys, that that was a that was a labor of love. Like I wrote out all the video scripts, everything beforehand. It's probably the most in-depth course I've done in a long time. Um but the bigger question that comes down to that, so I forget how let's see, I've got list explosion, hit send ultimate email sequence. I've got conversations with chat GPT. And then there's some coaching sessions, which I do focus sessions. I do um, a chat GPT powered session where I teach you one-on-one, you and I do it. And you come to me and you say, this is what I want to accomplish. I show you how to get that out of chat GPT. And of course you can use, you know, I was going to say Bard, but Bard, I don't know if you guys knew this, Google's AI is now called Gemini um, or Claude. You know, there's plenty of tools to use, whatever. Um, and then like I do some on long-term coaching and then I have email insiders, which I haven't launched or done anything with since I was in Costa Rica. All right. So, there are, you know, it's all under the same umbrella. You know, I'm not teaching how to create a coloring book or something. But <clears throat> the bigger question is whether or not this aligns with my bigger goals and where I want to be a year from now. Because of this, I realized I needed to edit the homepage again. So I had taken, there was four little blocks in this one section. I'm like, okay, let's get rid of one. It can go under this. So there's three. 
Um, and then I'm going to talk about this a little bit further in, you know, Jason Resnick and I do these weekly calls and he's like, you only need one of those sections. I'm like, you're absolutely right. So I'm getting anyway, not, not this, there's a full section that is what I do, how I help kind of thing. And I had kind of two of those anyways. Um, and like I said, it's not a big deal because I was combining the newsletters and email into one. I know, duh, but the, the whole idea of going from four to three, lighten things up a little bit. And so then the next question is, can I lighten it up even more? Which I did because I knew I was talking to Jason. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and you know, we're, oh, I'm going to talk about Jason in a minute, so we'll get there. But I knew he'd be able to be direct and tell me, you don't need this or you don't need that one. Because sometimes we're in it. You know, it's, it's just always easier to do stuff or see stuff for other people. You know, it's kind of like, it's not that cleaning is fun per se, but I love cleaning for other people because one, I know they're going to appreciate it and it feels good. But two, it's just always easier to deal with other people's stuff than your own kind of, I don't know. I don't know what that's about. Anyway, um, let, let's get back to simplifying because I know I've gone a little sideways here. I started thinking about the different offers and then I had to get real with myself for a minute, you know there's times it, it's funny because I'm recording this on the day that I'd had a call with my therapist mentor. I need to just come up with, I'm going to combine those into one word. Therator. <laughs> just kidding. Mentorist. Anyways. Um, and she's so great at asking me questions that, that make me pause and think. And you know, it, it's like our minds can do a freaking number on us. And so if you let your mind run the show, or if you let your emotions run the show, you're screwed. So you have to be able to be the observer. So here is some of the thoughts I had as the observer, as I'm thinking about all of this. So the first one was, excuse me, just because I've already created it doesn't mean I have to keep selling it, right? Even if it's relative to what I'm doing, does it really align with where I'm going? Good question, right? And one of those things would be that list explosion course. It is fantastic, but I'm trying to teach people to simplify, not create. You guys, th this course, the the list explosion. I'm gonna just off script here. Is based on a test I had done, and it was called um, Content Traffic Kickstarter. Okay, it was a free course I did as a lead magnet. And it's based on how I got 500 new subscribers into that course within like 10 days for free. And it's because of how I documented the creation of it going into that, right? Everything is content. And so I documented that process. And so by the time I pulled the trigger, people like, oh my God, you guys and I had people like, you should have charged for this. This is so good. I got tons of great feedback. But if my goal is to help people simplify, do I... <laughs> I mean, yes, I get it that that's a massive value add to say, here's an incredible in-depth free course. And so the thought process would be, well, if she's giving this for free, how, how solid is the paid thing, right? And so that's a great theory, but I think when we, I'm answering my own question out loud, like this is a, like a little um, note to self therapy session of... I think that I can pull this explosion off, at least for now, because I want it to be easier for people. I want to see people get started 
versus how overwhelming is that? Unless you're somebody that creates content quickly, I can I can do that stuff pretty quickly. But unless you're somebody that loves it, can do it quickly, and you you know exactly what is going to be the paid offer on the back end of that, then you're creating a big barrier for yourself. Okay, so that was the first thought. And I just answer that, because I don't know that it does. Um, is this the stuff you want to be doing talking about selling, right? So meaning, list explosion, I no, I really don't want to talk about why a free course is a great lead magnet. Because honestly, I kind of like just using a newsletter. That doesn't mean I don't believe in other other lead magnets or, you know, a point of entry. But again, simple. And I think there's a, you can, I don't want to say this, that what's more important than the lead magnet is the follow-up sequence and the engagement. Obviously, you have to have that important thing to entice them, but it's what you do when you get the name and email that's more important than the thing that enticed them. All right. Uh, the next thought was, am I going to keep creating content around all of this so that what you talk about, this is me saying this to myself, is in alignment with my offers, right? And so I'm, I'm going to keep talking about email marketing and, and lead gen and how I'm doing it and whatnot. But you guys, it is crazy when you think about how much has changed from the fall of 2020 when List Explosion launched to now. AI, hello, right? And so are there other things that I can create? Custom chat GPTs, custom GPTs. Sorry, I need to stop saying that. Um, Is there a simpler point of entry that gives a quicker return? So um, I don't know. And again, I don't, I'm not going to create content around creating a free course. I'm done with that. Um, So that's, those are very specific. Here is the more, um, I don't want to say esoteric, but this is more of the $30,000 question. Like that's a Ramit Seti saying, if you've not heard that guys, freaking love that guy, is there's a $3 question and a $30,000 question. And in the world of finance, you know, cutting out the $3 latte, which uh, where the hell do you buy a latte for three bucks anymore, right? There's a little local store here and they're like $7 for like a medium. Anyway, I'm kind of a black coffee drinker now. But I mean, not from that. Costa Rica did that to me. But, um, you know, ask yourself the $30,000 question, not the $3 question. Here's here's the $30,000 question. What if it were easier? What if you only had three offers like Kirsten Rowland and all your energy went into the marketing of those offers? How much easier would your content be? How much easier would your marketing be? I might get a little bored, no doubt, but there's plenty of stuff to play with to keep me from getting bored. That is, and actually, that's more of a million-dollar question, right, than the $30,000 question. So let's talk a little bit about this. Let's talk about what if it were easier. Again, all of this was validated in my recent conversation with Jason Resnick. Jason and I have this weekly call that started when we had a project together, and we were doing it for accountability and to move the project along. And then when we decided to sort of put the project to bed, we decided to keep our calls up. And they're so helpful, especially because Jason and my brains work so op- opposite. And well, 
I don't want to throw him under the bus, but like I'm very right brain. He's very left brain, but he's also got a very strong creative bent because he writes incredible emails. But it's just always having that person who has an objective eye. It doesn't matter if they're good friends, right? I mean, having somebody who's not vested in you at all, I would hope that there's some vesting in our friendship from Jason. And I think there is. He wants to see me succeed, right? But it's having that objective eye. So, um, What's really cool is that we we kind of have similar business goals, which are more ease and more free time while scaling revenue. And I know that might sound a little obvious, like, well, duh, who doesn't want that? But it really depends on where you're at in your life and the stage of your business. Your goals are going to be very different. Now, Jason is Gen X also, but he's a chunk years younger than me, six, seven, seven, maybe. Um, and... Our lives are at very different stages, though, too, right? Jason's in New York. He's got two young kids. He's married. And, you know, my kids are out on their own. I'm moving back to Costa Rica. So different stages, but similar desires in that my free time and desires, which all of our free time is going to look different, right? I know that. But where he's got a real strong drive to be able to spend more time with his boys, and which was also a huge why when I started my business. Anyways, um. And when you're starting, you're going to have to put more time in. It just is what it is. Unless you aren't in a rush, depends on what your objectives are for even starting the business. All right, let's go back to the validation here. So on our last call, I told Jason I had three things. This was the call prior to the most recent that I wanted to accomplish before our next call. And you guys, these are weekly. So I'm like, I can get these three things done. Please tell me I'm not the only one that thinks I can knock that out and then Cue SpongeBob three hours later, <laughs> right? Like, I feel like everything always takes longer than I think. I don't know if that's just the optimist in me or what, but anyway. So I had told him, here's the three things I wanted to do. I wanted to get my new theme up. I wanted to make the move. Like I've already done some research and tested stuff from moving my email list to Beehive from ConvertKit. And then I wanted to launch some power content. And this is relative to Laurel Portier's Facebook ads program. She's got this thing called power content, which helps you get validation for your offer. Anyway, well, none of those things happen. Okay. <laughs> so let me tell you how the week went. Um, and it's only because it was my friggin' website, you guys. It is, you know, swapping out the theme is not as straightforward as flipping a switch. Now, if everything was staying the same, then it could be. But it just, it wasn't. And like I said, it was the domino effect that went into full force. And then as I was working on the copy, I realized I was way overcomplicating things. Anyways, all of that to be said, because I beat that like a dead horse, um, is that what I was setting up wasn't supporting the business I truly wanted. Which this brings me to the next point, and And I'll fill you in on the wrapping up the Jason conversation. Um, more often than not, people don't start, um, how do I want to say this? It, it, I did write this out, but the <laughs> I'm like, note to self, edit the text. Um, figuring out what you truly want is not the place we tend to start from with our business, right? We tend to start from places like, or, you know, starting or pivoting a business. But we start thinking about, well, I don't want to work for somebody else. I want to be able to make money with something I enjoy. I need this much income and I want to be able to work from home. Like those are the kind of uh, starting points, right? These are all completely valid. Um, 
when I started my business, freedom was my primary motivator. It supported me having the freedom to be around for my kids and control my schedule. And fast forward 16 years later, which what the bucket you guys, well, I'm, I've rounded up 16 years is in March, I can't believe it. And I want a business that gives me a different level of time freedom, meaning way more white space on my calendar. And so because Jason and I are, are having, are having, have similar business goals in that we want to create the, a well-oiled machine for one freaking thing and nail it, nail it, nail it, and then scale it. Nail it and scale it. We're not going to make that a thing, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I, I And I am just so adamant about white space <laughs> in my calendar. I am crystal clear on what I do and how I help people, which content marketing, email marketing, and I will tell you what, I don't, I don't teach or coach without incorporating mindset. You are not going to reach what you want to reach unless you address the mindset and the internal. And another little off script, I was listening to, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, uh, uh, Noah Kagan, the founder of AppSumo, um, has a brand new book out. I think it's called Million Dollar Weekend, which if you don't know anything about Noah, he was like the 30th employee at Facebook. He also worked for, was it Mint? I don't remember. Anyway, got fired from Facebook. And so he launched AppSumo in a weekend. AppSumo is the software um, deal site, right? And I don't know, it's almost, I think they do 85 million a year. I'm sure you could sell it for a couple hundred million. Anyways, but Noah is making the podcast rounds. I'm watching him with this book launch. I've always liked him. I mean, I don't know him personally, but um, just seemed like a good human being. And he was on the uh, Lewis Howes podcast. What is is it? School of Greatness? I don't know. Yeah, it's called School of Greatness, I think. Welcome to the School of Greatness. I was <laughs> thinking of the intro. Anyway, here's the fun thing. So it was an almost an hour and a half podcast. They talked very little about the book and much more about life and growth and and it was really fascinating. To, so Noah is in his early 40s to hear him talk about he's got a baby on the way with a girlfriend. I want to say they live in Spain now and reprioritizing and about what life looks like. And he talked about, I want to be able to be there and hang out with my kid. This is, I was thinking about this because Jason was telling me about, you know, wanting to be able to play Legos with his son in the afternoon. And he's got another one who loves to be outside and wanting to be able to go do that. And, you know, so when I, I think that's the piece of your why, right? The surface level, you know, we, Simon Sinek's, um, what is his book? It's called, is it oh, The Power of Why? What is it? Something why. But having that why, and I, I was listening to something else that said, you know, if you're feeling stuck, maybe your why isn't big enough. And I think we should clarify that a big why means it's a big feeling to you. It doesn't mean a big dollar why, right? Because the other thing, Holy moly, guys, this was a game changer. And I've, and I may have heard this before. I don't know, but I was ready to hear it this time. Is that Noah said what helped him before he started or was launching AppSumo was figuring out his freedom number. What, what dollar value of income is your freedom number? You know, I think this chase towards the millions and then the billions and all of this, like, 
it's exhausting people. This idea that, that that's what it's supposed to look like um, is is not sitting so well anymore, especially considering the state of the world. But anyways, it's a, it's a great podcast episode. Um, again, it's School of Greatness with Lewis Howes and Noah Kagan. And it was so fascinating to hear their own personal growth stories and about what they really want out of their life. Right? So that comes back to... Um, getting clear on what you want. And and once you know what you do, and I don't mean like, oh, this is what I do, but you're you're really clear on this is what I want to be doing and this is how I can help people. These are the problems I solve for people. It's so much easier to say, for me at least, this has been knowing that it's gotten really easy to say, I want a few core products that I can put all of my focus on. In other words, creating a solid content strategy combined with paid traffic that turns those offers into a well-oiled, evergreen machine. I don't want any um, offers that I have to necessarily be built. I don't mean like, you know, the conversations with ChatGPT is like a $57 workshop, big deal. I'm talking about something that is more evergreen, the content as well. So where it's strategy-based versus, say, tactic and platform agnostic, ideally. Um, And because what happens is we get bored talking about the same things over and over. So we assume our audience feels the same way. But the likelihood of your audience seeing your content to the degree that you share is minimal. Jason was telling me that that, um, he had been talking with an SEO person and it was like, you know, you think you're being completely redundant and talking about the same thing and everyone's going to get tired of it, but it's going to take a few months and a few exposures. How many times people need to see something before they make a decision? But, you know, we all know not everybody sees everything we post. So let's play a game, shall we? What was that from? Um, War games, right? Do you want to play a game? I, I don't, I have, did I ever see that whole thing through? I don't even remember, but the computer wants to play a game. So we're going to play a game. All right. I'm going to define exactly what I want because I started this this morning with my therapist. And what I want to do, though, is we're going to start with the everyday day. It's what is your ideal everyday day exercise. But before, I want to paint a picture so you really get a feel for the process. And I want to remind you that you get to create exactly what you want. So I'm going to set it up a little bit for you. So I shared that I am moving back to Costa Rica this summer, and I now have some concrete things in place. First, I got my place back, the same apartment I had when I was down there, you guys. And it's funny, it feels way more like a condo than an apartment. There's only seven units. There's two buildings, seven units, three on each side with like one kind of penthouse. Um, And I'm just beside myself because I absolutely loved it. Beautiful vaulted ceilings all windows. I can see the ocean. I can open the the doors, the windows. They're sliders, the doors. They're big windows. Um, and here, the ocean. And I just, oh, I really love my place. Of course, I got to start over from scratch with like decor and hauling another mattress down there and whatnot. But, um, but I knew because I've got, it's all the same tenants too from the time I left, which is really fun. So, because I have good friends in the building, I knew it was available. And my friend who knows the landlord pretty well, he had said to her that, you know, he'd raise the rent um, just to, uh, 
all transparency. Like when I was down there, you guys, I was paying 1600 a month. Can you, when I think about the size, the, the layout, everything, huge kitchen. And I'm like, God, a place like that, that close to the beach in California would probably be close to 10 grand a month. So just perspective, right? Because I am, this is in Guanacaste, the North Pacific side, which is not cheap, but you know, unless you're like, if you're coming from Ohio, some of Guanacaste might feel expensive coming from California. Eh, I'm okay. Anyways, I was paying 1600. He had pushed the rent up to 2100. He'd had two tenants in, they both left. Um, but told my friend Cheryl that if she knew anyone, he was willing to bring it down to like 18. And then she's so great. She's like, let me let me think about this. I, I'm gonna know how to approach him. Long story short. Um, he was thrilled that I was coming back. Um, he's been given a deposit. And he's holding it for me. And um, yeah, it's only $100 more. So I'm paying, well, set $125, $1725, you guys, which is $400 less than he was publicly offering it. Um, so that takes care of that. Okay, so this ideal everyday day is taking place in Costa Rica. So that's, I'm doing this exercise as though I were there. And the apartment is mine July 1st. Whether or not I'm there on the first or first couple of weeks in July, I don't know yet. Um, all right, so here's my ideal everyday day. And you guys, I cannot recommend enough that you do this. There's power in it. And when you do it, make sure you're excited to do it. Don't do this like, like a to-do list, okay? So my ideal everyday day is that I wake up without an alarm between six to seven. And depending on what I have scheduled for work that day, if it's a work day, I'd love to get the dog out for a beach walk in the morning. But if it's, a, it depends on my hair. I'm just straight up telling you, it depends on my hair. That's going to happen in the morning or the afternoon. Okay. But I wake up with an alarm between six and seven. I get the coffee going and I take the dog out and I'm on the third floor. So get the juices flowing. We walk around a little bit, right? We go downstairs. Um, when she's done with her business, we're going to go back upstairs make my coffee, which I use a French press now. Costa Rica really got me uh, enjoying that good coffee. Um, And the first thing I do is I meditate. Um, Ideally on the patio, like I've got a beautiful patio. It's small, but it's, it's, there's just gorgeous lush trees everywhere. And so I do my meditation and then I head to my desk to start my work day. I work until the next trip down with the dog, which is usually eh, between 12 and 1, depends on what's going on. And I tend to visit with my neighbor right down there, um, my dear friend, and I might say hi, chat for a few minutes, and then I'll head back upstairs for lunch. I enjoy a healthy lunch, usually with some green juice I bought from the fruit and veggie stand. I am a juicer. I will bring my juicer down, but I can literally call the fruit and veggie stand and they will make me a gallon of juice for, I think it's 10,000 colones, which is probably now, um, let's see, 10, 15 bucks. Anyways, girl, I almost say girl, you guys, one cold pressed fresh juice in California would probably cost you close to 10. So there we go. Anyways, so I'm going to enjoy a nice, easy lunch. I'm going to get back to work for a few more hours. Then I get off the computer between three and four. Then I'm going to get the dog and we head to the beach for an afternoon walk along the water to get some fresh air. Then after we do our walk, we walk back. And again, guys, the beach is barely, not even 10 minutes from my place. 
dinners with friends or on the patio where I can watch the sunset. Those Costa Rican sunsets are something else. I can't wait. Very, very happy to be getting those. You guys, it's it's funny. The first year I was down there, off script. I'm wrecking my own visualization here. But a friend said, just wait till a year later. Your phone's going to be full of sunset pics. It never gets old. Once the sun goes down, because the sun goes down by six all year long in Costa Rica, I will miss the California summer I had last year with late nights till 39 o'clock of light. Um, but once the sun goes down, maybe I'll do some artwork or I get on my laptop for a bit and I watch some TV. I am bringing my art supplies down this time. Um, and another portable bathtub. So I might take a tub. There's no tubs in Costa Rica unless you have a house built. Because most people think you don't need them. Kim likes to soak. Um, so that's kind of my ideal everyday day. Now, just in terms of my week, I never have calls or rarely. And the only time I have calls on these days is when it's a friend. So I never have calls on Monday or Friday. And I'm usually done working by noon on Fridays. I start the weekend by going to lunch with a friend at Las Brisas, which is like the local, it's, well, everything is outside there, but it's more like a local bar restaurant than like a fancy touristy place. They've got the best margaritas. They're monstrously huge, but they're delicious. Um, My weekends are spent relaxing in the pool at the beach or hanging out with friends. So can you feel the ease in that? And I'll tell you, when I was talking to my therapist, who she's got property down there, and she's like, Kim, I'm really jealous, <laughs> moving permanently, her husband. I, and I said to her, I'm like, would you move permanently? She goes, oh, God, yeah. You guys, some of the things that this will give you an insight into my brain. And it's just, you know, as I was thinking about where I'd want to live here, it's like, I think I told you guys, I had sold my car um, on my first trip back when I was living down there. So I'd buy a car down there. So I've just been using my dad's other car. And I'm like, all right, I got to buy a car, car insurance, California registration, like all of that stuff. Not to mention the cost of gas here is still ridiculous. Um, but as much as I'd like to think I am, I don't want to say evolved, but less concerned and I care less. But, you know, it's like, oh, I'd, I'd had an Audi Q5, loved it. I'm like, oh, I get another Audi. And it's like, you know, you guys, Costa Rica. I'm like, is it four-wheel drive? Does it run and have AC? I'm good. Like, I had a 2007 Kia Sorento, and it did the job. And I was, people don't care about stuff like like any of that stuff when you get down there. Or even, like, purses. Like, there's this really cute store that they make all the, the purses. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go get a cute, lightweight fabric purse and not worry about it being Kate Spade or this or whatever. And, you guys, I'm not saying I worry about that stuff, but I'm here, and so then I do it. And, you know, just the ease and being able to get up and throw on a sundress or tank top and shorts and flip-flops. That's how I want my life to feel. And, you know, maybe you can feel the ease in that. Does it does living simply mean that I don't have goals and desires? Of course not. It just means that the work that I do when I'm working on supports that lifestyle. So I don't want to start something or launch something or sell something or have an offer that doesn't support that that ease, you know? And you're the only one that can that will know. Does this feel easy or does this feel restrictive? Does this feel overcommitted? And, you know, I I think probably 
to some extent, I'm a bit of a dichotomy because like, I love working with people. I love coaching people. I also love my quiet and alone time. Um, It helps me refuel. And the more I'm on and the more any something requires of me, human being, person, like being on and showing up, the more drained I get. So I really have to build in that space. So, you know, let's talk about the oxymoron of simplifying to scale, because I do think there's a bit of an oxymoron there. And it feels a bit counterintuitive that simplifying things is the easiest way to scale because we live in a culture that rewards busyness. Obviously, I'm in the United States, and I can only speak to that. Um, I would say most Western cultures support that lifestyle. Um, You must be a hard worker if you're always busy. Think about this. Like how how often have you asked somebody how they're doing and they reply with, oh, good, just super busy. Oh, everything's great, just really busy, right? Or some variation of that. I am guilty as charged with that one. And you, let me say this too. It's not a dig at people who are multi-passionate, right? Because there's so many things like we've got, so Gary Keller wrote the book, The One Thing. There's deep work. Like, so there is so many, there's so many arguments about focus and and deep work and all that. And I subscribe to that, but I also subscribe to pursuing the things that light up, you know? Um, And I had this little aha moment when I was like, wait a minute, multi-passionate people, multi-passionate is kind of a, just another word for diversified income. How do you have diversified income if you don't have different interest, right? Now, I'm not talking about different diversified income from the perspective of, um, investing, right? Like you can diversify a portfolio and maybe you've got money in real estate. Maybe you've got some in the stock market. Maybe you've got the index, whatever it is, right? So that's not what I mean. I just mean, you know, think about it for me. So I, I diversify income with sponsorships, with affiliate products, with coaching, with courses. So there's a handful of ways you can diversify your income. So, um, this isn't a dig at multi-passionate. Where, where people who are multi-passionate get into troubles when they can't keep up with any of their passions and they find themselves always playing catch-up, feeling behind, or never quite getting the thing launched or deployed. So that's where you have to say, can I have less things that have to happen right now? You can still have more than one thing. You know, we all work differently, you guys. I'm about to start railing on the whole freaking productivity guru space. I'm so tired of it. I've got a post I'm writing in Medium about, I think it's Tiago Forte, right? Has the book, Your Second Brain. I'm like, oh my God, I don't need a second brain. I need less than the first brain. Honestly, like I don't need more shit to manage. I don't want it. And so, but it's very similar to being busy or working hard, you know, having a system that works for you is rewarded. You, you know, you're a serious business owner then. And Again, I want you to go back through history and look at all of the people who left legacies and created things before technology existed. You know, I just, Shakespeare, you know, Michelangelo, like all of these people, think about all of the different writers and playwrights and all the people that have, they didn't have morning routines. They probably did, right? Just discipline and structure, but you don't need to live within a productivity system in order to succeed in this life. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> and rant. Um, like I said, I am all for diversified income, but after years of experience, I've learned to ensure my foundation is solid one thing at a time. Because, you know, I feel this way with 
as I'm getting the site up, you know, and I'm using high level for my courses and I still have follow-up sequences I have to go back and write now for the products in high level. And it's like, oh God. And it, it's just, I had a VA move a bunch of that stuff for me. So I don't want to do something new <laughs> to all the nigglies are checked off my list. And, you know, making sure that the foundation is set moving forward makes it a lot easier to have multiple interests because it's hard to try and launch multiple things concurrently. Think about it this way and bear with me, you guys. This is an analogy that just popped into my head when I was writing this. Let's say you want to start growing your own fruits and vegetables, right? You decide, I want to be a little bit more self-sustaining, so to speak. You wouldn't go out and start or buy three different farms, would you? No, you'd start with a handful of things you could plant in your garden, maybe a little raised vegetable bed that you could easily manage. You'd ensure your little gardening patch was right. It was in the right spot for the right amount of sun. Your water source was close or you'd set up a drip system. Then you'd tend to the garden and you would wait. You would maintain your garden, right, with water and fertilizer and and wheat, pulling weeds and all that kind of stuff. But you can start with that. And and then you you nurture it and you wait. You know, we've all heard the analogy that you wouldn't plant corn in the morning and expect to be able to have corn for dinner the same night you planted it, would you? But we do this all the time. And, you know, gosh, who was I talking to? Oh, uh, my coaching client, Jen McFarlane, we were talking about, she had used to do websites for clients also. And I can't tell you how many people would come to me, they'd have their logo, right? Because all the fun, the pretty stuff is the fun stuff. So they'd get a logo done, they'd have a name, they bought the domain, they needed a website. And they'd have all these prices for the packages and the things they were going to sell. And then six months later, the site would look exactly the same. We would launch it. They didn't create content. They weren't engaging in the community. They weren't showing up. It's They wanted, it almost felt like playing at business. And this isn't a dig at them because you don't know what you don't know. But when you pull the trigger, you launch something, you have to be able to say, well, it's up. Now what? <coughs> right? What's the now what? Well, traffic. How do you get traffic? And this space for anybody who's been in it any length of time, the entire space is a domino effect because great, you you know what your business is. You get a website up, but now you've got content. Now you've got email. Now you've got social. Now you've got traffic. Now you need to be able to get customers. Now you need to be able to write. You need to understand copywriting. It, it's There's a lot to this space, regardless of what niche you're in. You know, there's a handful of of cogs in the wheel that need to keep running, so to speak. Um, you know, so what happens though is we screw we screw ourselves, right? By by trying to to plant something and then have it for dinner the same night. Is we create something, we share it a few times via email and a few places on social, and we guys, I'm talking to me too. Um, and then when it doesn't give us the return we wanted initially, we immediately decide it doesn't work. Also, guilty as charged. So how do we change this nutty cycle is we simplify. For example, I have a few goals, but my primary focus, and I don't mean general goals, I mean with my my business, my primary focus is everything is content. I'm going to move on to the next thing as soon as I have that front end offer running, converting, and making sales on evergreen paid traffic. This doesn't mean there aren't other things that I'm working on or that exist or are happening, but 
if the majority of my energy and marketing focus is going towards everything is content, how much easier is it going to be to get it, it working? And this is where, you know, by, by saying, okay, think of it this way. Like, like here's a great example is health, right? Let's say you're trying to get in shape. Um, it's a lot easier to one, maybe add something in. So instead of saying that you're going to start running, you're going to change your diet, you're going to drink more water, you're going to you're going to get to bed earlier, you're going to take supplements, whatever, you're going to hire a train, personal trainer. What if, how much easier do you think it'll be to, to create sustainable habits when you say, I'm just going to, I'm just going to walk three times this week. That's it. And knowing you've got goals like getting more water or, you know, highly nutritious food, whatever that is, it's a lot easier. And what happens is because we live in this instant gratification society that, it's like, oh, okay, well, that's it's not going to happen fast enough. Yeah, but the time's going to pass regardless. And if you overdo it in the beginning, you're going to give up sooner because you're going to be disappointed. Because when you put in massive, and I'm not saying not putting consistent effort, but going overboard, you know, it's kind of like people when you see, I think, marathon runners don't sprint off the starting line. They have to pace themselves. It's okay to pace yourself in your business too. Um. Again, it, it, this doesn't mean that I'm not doing other things. It just means that my, this is my focus and it gets, gets the majority of my attention. This is also why I allow myself, quote unquote, playtime to test and try things. And then because I've scheduled in that time, I know that like in the morning when I'm having coffee and I'm reading, and I read emails and newsletters and whatnot because I'm curating stuff from my newsletter, um, that if I come across something that I want to play with, you know, I save it and I bookmark it. And then maybe when I'm watching TV at night, I'm like, oh, let's go look at that that tool or whatever. You know, it's it's give yourself, just plan it, plan for it. Because then I don't I don't get into FOMO ever. Oh my God, I need to jump into this thing. Nor do I feel like I should be doing something else when I'm in playtime. Does that make sense? Anyways, really step back. Think about the people in your own space or niche that you would consider successful. Do you see them constantly moving from thing to thing or are they staying focused? And I, I'm going to throw in a disclaimer here because it was funny. Someone's like, oh, well, you've pivoted a bunch of times. So I'm like, eh, not really. I was a WordPress chick for 10 years. I pivoted to a personal brand. Everything I've done under the personal brand has all been under the content marketing umbrella. Pretty much, you know, just because I try stuff or do things doesn't mean, you know, it's not like I'm going from gardening to fitness to cooking, which that's a joke in and of itself because I hate to cook. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, mm, eh, I don't, but it's okay to, to keep trying until you find that does the thing that does hit. And I've had plenty of hits over the years and some that probably could have been phenomenally, you know, bigger had I nurtured them more, which is where I'm at. But again, think about those people and look at the products, you know, and services that they offer. Do they have maybe a one to three, like a signature offer, or do they have tons of separate projects? I don't want 55 zillion little PDF one-off workshop courses. That is exhausting to me. That just, I'm, I'm going to go with a hard no on that. Anyways, I feel like a, a nap is calling me right now. You guys, the fact that it's it snowed yesterday, like, and it's cold, 
Yeah, I think it's nap time. Anyway, um, this has been super fun. But I want you to think about this from a different perspective, because truly, before you can succeed in business, you need to be clear on what you want your life and business to look like. So doing things like, what do I really want? What do I want to talk about? What do I, who do I want to work with? How about my life to feel? You know, this stuff isn't woo-woo, you guys. It's necessary. It's, you know, we don't, isn't it funny when you think about, we don't treat you know, athletes who are at the top of their game, whether it's in a professional league or the Olympics, we not, we don't think that they're visualizing the race, they're visualizing the win as being woo-woo. You know, you, you are not going to get there. You know, I'll tell you, circling back to that podcast episode with Noah Kagan and Lewis Howes, both of them said, It's not the external, it's the internal. It's always the internal work that has the big impact on what shows up externally. And so find a way to to do this for you that works for you. And remember, to quote the late, great Zig Ziglar, if you can't hit a target you can't see, you certainly can't hit one you don't have. Get clear on what you want and go for it. And I'm telling you, the simpler you make it, the the greater chance you have to to hit that target. All right, guys, that felt like a little bit of a little TEDx talk there. <laughs> All right. I love you tons. As always, thanks so much for listening. And of course, if you've not left a review on Apple Podcasts, that would mean the world to me. Um, yeah. And I will catch you next week. Have a wonderful afternoon, morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on where you are. Thanks, guys. Bye.